0: Welcome to the Data Points podcast focused on the importance of data in a 21st century world where we discuss data-centric topics such as fundamentals of data management and use, strategies for building buy-in within organizations, the crucial role that communities play in this important work, and so much more. My name is Tiffany Davis, and I am a senior advisor at the Center for Government Excellence, or GovX, at Johns Hopkins University. In this role, I use my experience in implementing data and performance management initiatives in state and local government programs to provide expert advice in the form of technical assistance and tailored training to decision makers and staff and the local and state levels. Today, we're discussing the development of Baltimore City's CleanSTAT program to improve service delivery, resident engagement, and evaluate and implement policy interventions by utilizing an integrated approach and leveraging the city's CitySTAT, the Innovation Team, and Data Fellows Program, all located in the Mayor's Office of Performance and Innovation. GovEx has had a longstanding partnership with the City of Baltimore in providing technical assistance and using data and evidence to advance the city's priorities and assisted in development of CleanStack. It's the entire Office of Performance Innovation team that has done the heavy lifting in working with city leaders, city staff, and external partners to use data and evidence in strategic decision making. Baltimore City's Performance Management Program has evolved and expanded since it was first created under Mayor Martin O'Malley. During this episode, we will look at how Baltimore City has leveraged its expansion of performance management to tackle one of the city's most pressing challenges of improving service delivery and trash and recycling pickup and combating illegal dumping and how their efforts can be replicated by other cities who are trying to accomplish this type of work. And here with us today is Dan Heinowitz, Director of the Mayor's Office of Performance Innovation, and Sarah Brumfield. How are you? Doing great. Doing well. Thanks for having us. Before we begin our conversation, can you both tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, And I'll start with you, Dan.
1: Sure. Um, So yeah, I oversee the uh, Office of Performance and Innovation, which has the different parts that we're gonna talk about here today in relation to CleanStat, the CityStat team, the innovation team, uh, and and the data fellows program. Um, uh, I initially started in in Baltimore city government um, as overseeing the, the work of the innovation team, Uh, It was at the start of the administration of uh, Mayor Jack Young in mid-2019 that led to the uh, integration of these offices, and I think was some of the, uh, which is some of what I think really allowed for some of the successes that we're about to talk about um, connected to uh, And
0: Sarah, thanks for joining us. Yeah, no, I'm happy to be here. Um, So
2: I was a data fellow in the mayor's office of performance and innovation, part of the inaugural class of data fellows. And I spent my first year working on a few different projects, one of which did intersect uh, quite a lot with CleanStat, which we'll talk about here today. Um, And I have since transitioned successfully after my fellowship into an analyst position with the Baltimore police department through another data fellow project I worked on uh, during my first year here with city government.
0: That's awesome, congratulations on the new position.
2: Thank you. And I would just add, uh, Tiffany, you are on my interview panel for my data fellow position. See,
0: there we go, there we go. <laughs> so let's get started. Uh, back in 2019, we worked closely together to develop CleanStat. Uh, Dan, can you talk about um, why CleanStat was created? And Sarah, feel, feel, feel free to jump in as
1: well. Yeah, I mean, the why is, you know, I think pretty similar to why uh, a lot of stats end up uh, getting, you know, getting started, um, which is that, you know, there's a big uh, issue that's a priority for the mayor or city leadership. In this case, it was um, the fact that, you know, the city had lots of challenges related to cleanliness. um, And it was something that, you know, the mayor and his team really felt needed a more data driven approach to. Um, you know, to, to, to working on. Um, I think there were some particular challenges at that point in, in mid 2019. Um, there was a lot of overdue um, cleaning one requests. Um, and, you know, just in general, I think the, the, you know, city agencies working on those issues were, um, you know, were struggling to kind of meet, uh, keep up with, with uh, resident demand. So that's what, that's what kind of pushed, um, you know, pushed our office to, to get involved, um, you know, as, as we did.
0: Great. Um, so CleanStat um, was technically, I guess, Office of Performance and Innovations' like first integrated approach in leveraging and utilizing not just CityStat team, but the innovation team, or what we call the I-team, and also the city's first class of data fellows um, to not only monitor performance, but also evaluate policy interventions and using a human-centered design approach to create a resident engagement strategy. Can you describe or give us an overview of the framework of CleanStat and describe the role of CityStat, the IA team, and the data fellows in that process?
1: Um, sure. Um so I'll I'll start and then I know uh, Sarah can uh, can jump in, as particularly around the, the Data Fellows program, which which you know she worked directly on. Um so in terms of the framework, which took a little time to to develop and is I think one of the sort of most important things. To setting up a stat successfully that is is, is hard to do, um, and, and it really did take a number of months for us to kind of get there. But eventually, you know what it what it led was us sort of classifying four goal areas that that we wanted to focus on in the meeting. So the first was uh, holding violators accountable, so kind of the enforcement element of of what city does. For example, trying to respond to illegal dumping. Um, the second goal was around keeping streets and alleys uh, clean, so relating to the city's response to those uh, to those particular three one one service requests. Um, the third was uh, uh, maintaining vacant and abandoned properties, again sort of a, a different set of of cleaning service three one one requests that, that that we focused on, and then the fourth part um, was around efficiently removing waste and recycling, and that really focused on the. Ah uh, so-called routine services that um, are offered in terms of uh, waste and recycling pickup. Uh, so that's how we thought about the you know the four goals of of cleanstat and then within that we kind of built out um, you know a set of you know key indicators and you know metrics and and also sort of analytical things that we did connected to each of those uh, to to those goal areas which we can talk more about that's that's like a bit about the framework. Um, I think it's really interesting the way the different parts of the uh, Office of Performance Innovation worked on this together. Um, so again, there's the the, the three parts. Um, there's the uh, the Data Fellows program, um, which Sarah is going to talk about in a moment. Um, there's the sort of stat proper, which is sort of the the performance management process itself, and then the work of the innovation team. So I'm going to let Sarah go first to talk about the Data Fellows program part, and then. I'll talk about what the city stat team did, and then the uh, the, the innovation team as well.
2: Yeah, and I would just add uh, to what Dan brought up about the framework. He makes it sound um, very simple and straightforward, as if these were very obvious and clear goals from the <laughs> beginning. Um, but I would just say, from you know, someone who is um, a bit more on the periphery but still part of the conversations, observing. You know, a lot of this being organized and discussed is that more time goes into setting up the framework than I think a lot of people would otherwise uh, consider. There's a lot of stakeholders and a lot of different perspectives. So even though it sounds like, you know, very clear, concise, you know, bulleted goals, uh, getting there was uh, definitely a lot of very great work that was done by um, several different teams. But specifically for my part, um, starting out in the data fellow role, was to work with the Bureau of Solid Waste, um, which manages uh, the large part of the components uh, under clean stats, such as removing you know, trash and recycling, cleaning dirty streets and alleys, mowing properties, boarding buildings. And so working directly with their agency, as in, you know, sitting in their office, you know, in the before times when we went into the office, you know, reported in, you know, nine to five, Monday through Friday, (laughs) worked with them, sat in their meetings. And the goal was really to improve their data literacy so that they're better able to measure their own performance, the sort of city stat component. And so, Data fellows are really organized around capacity building, but it's not just the technology and data capacity building. It's also the relationship building, uh, which is a little bit different um, from CityStat in that data fellows really work in collaboration, like I mentioned, being there embedded with the agency itself. And co-creating a lot of the data tools or data strategies with the analysts, uh, managers, crews uh, that are doing the work there.
0: Nice, thank you so much, there. And I'll kick it back off to Dan to talk about the the CityStat and the I team in this process. Sarah, they gave a great overview of the data fellows. So, Dan, like, how did we le- How did you all leverage the the innovation team and in CityStat?
1: Yeah, so I mean in, in some ways the city stat part is sort of like the sort of most kind of narrowly if you're just thinking about clean stat itself in some ways that was the city stat part which was you know basically setting up a you know that that um framework that I talked about and you know the system of performance measures and you know data collection systems that allowed us in those monthly clean stat meetings to review Progress towards those goals, and also through our analysis, hopefully unpack some of the you know additional challenges that that help kind of point at you know additional potential solutions or ways to improve um, for for uh, you know for the for the agencies that 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 were that were involved. So you know, CityStat was really the you know kind of manage that the sort of stat process, that performance management um, process, those meetings, the data collection. That that you know was sort of CleanStat in its purest um, purest sense, um, and then the innovation teams' work, um, you know, was was basically I think you know, connected to it, but again, maybe not not sort of narrowly within CleanStat itself, where basically they were working with the Department of Public Works and a few other stakeholders to think about um, the specific question of uh, how we. Um, engage and educate residents, you know, towards the the aim of a a cleaner, a cleaner city. And the reason that was like complementary to to what the other parts that Sarah and I have talked about is that if Data Fellows and um, CityStat were really focused on the operations of city government to making Baltimore cleaner and how do we improve those things, um, the the I team was really thinking about the the role of residents in in city cleanliness. So um, that was something that I think was really useful. You know that that again complemented some of the more kind of government operations focused aspects of this CleanStat process. And I'll just say one more thing about what was CleanStat. In addition to this, like pure kind of Clean the work of Sarah as a data fellow helping DPW set up those data systems, the I team thinking about residents' role. Um, We also had a series of kind of initiatives that were sort of kind of came out of. uh, you know clean stat itself that i think were really integral and it was like our ability to kind of keep problem solving and 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 working on these additional uh, you know sort of aspects of you know the cleanliness effort that i think were really helpful so for example um you know during the middle of CleanStat, the mayor you know set the goal of wanting to keep 20 um uh, particular roadways in baltimore particularly clean. And so we set up a, a, a system within our OPI team where we would actually go out and inspect the cleanliness of those roadways. So it's because we felt that in th- that particular piece of work, the 311 data wasn't going to give us all we needed to, to assess that. So you know, we kind of set up this additional system. And then in the clean stat meeting, we would look at the results of those inspections. Um, in addition, um, we recognized that it wasn't enough for you know DPW, the Department of Public Works, to do all the cleaning that we really needed support from others, other agencies. And so we set up an an additional working group outside of the main meeting of Cleanstat that brought together agencies specifically on collaborating on um, mowing and and aligning that work, and did you know almost like a separate and additional performance management process around that. And that was another really critical element towards the progress we made. So there were sort of like clean stat and a narrow sense and all these other parts that connected to it that ultimately led to, I think, some of the, the progress that we were able to make.
0: Yeah. And I want to touch on that a little bit more um, because to see the evolution from when we first started with like developing the framework and a lot of like the different elements that evolved, like you just described with um, the cleanliness scores and the inspections and then also um, the other different elements. Let's go back to like how we got there with, you know, the first kickoff meeting, if you remember. (laughs) Bringing in, you know, going back to what Sarah said, it took a lot of time to develop that framework and to get us into the space to even have the conversation of having different partners involved in the process. Like what was that first kickoff call like, that kickoff um, meeting like when we're we're introducing this to city staff? Um, And also give uh, the audience like a sense of who are the different players at the table and how we morphed into like those working groups to really like dive down into clean set to get to the outcomes and those ev- policy interventions you described.
1: Yeah, we, we had a lot of meetings with the relevant agency stakeholders to, to before we could even start building the framework. Yeah. So I, I as Sarah said, we just kind of said, oh, these are the goals, but to even get there required a lot of You know, background conversations to even, you know, kind of get to that point. Um, uh, Yeah, I should have mentioned, you know, CleanStat, one of the challenges of it is it's a multi agency process. You know, sometimes the stat or performance management process is most straightforward when you just have like one responsible agency. In this case, there are lots of agencies that have to work together. So um, I think the key ones, um, you know, were Department of Public Works was a big one, the Department of Housing and Community. Development, um, and uh, the Environmental Control Board. There were other agencies as well, including the Department of Transportation, um, the uh, uh, Rec- uh, Recreation and Parks, uh, and uh, Department of General Services that, that were, were also part of it. But I'd say the three main ones were the first ones I mentioned. Um, so, so to kick things off, we needed individual conversations with kind of a lead stakeholder from each of those agencies to, first of all, even say, hey, we're going to be doing this clean stat meeting, you know, what, you know, what are your, you know, goals and challenges right now? Um, You know, what, what should we be analyzing? How can we be helpful to you? Um, You know, we did that actually individually with each of the agencies um, to kind of hear from them, especially given that, you know, I think there were sometimes challenges of the ways those agencies work together. So we kind of felt it was important to like start the conversation with the individual's, um, rather than kind of bringing everyone together. And indeed, sometimes in those first meetings, there were some tense discussions, uh, Meeting in the first actual stat meeting. So, you know, I think that sort of ground, the you know, kind of level setting and, you know, kind of understanding of goals and concerns, you know, kind of bilaterally with each of the individual agencies was like a lot of work, but really important to like successfully setting this up.
0: Yeah, and I just want to note that, you know, like being a part of that conversation and just watching the players, like, describe like what the issues were at the table. It was like the first time that everyone came together to really ta- discuss this. And, you know, Dan and the team really came in and were like, well, how can we help you? We have this data fellows program who can really be embedded and to help you improve data collection and quality, which was a big thing. Um, when we're talking about um, city set managing or monitoring evaluation, monitoring let me back up, monitoring performance in this area. And so um, the data fellows program really helped out a lot in that space and also just helped with business process issues, um, workflow, and then also the systems that they're actually using as well. Um, so going beyond that and discussing more about like the outcomes, can you talk about, uh, I know you already said this a little bit, but what were the challenges and the successes of developing the CleanStat initiative and rolling it out particularly when we're devolving staff and other stakeholders, like going beyond just the initiative to some of the outcomes that you just explained, like what were the um, resident impact or what were some programs that were developed um, that were announced or any new goals that were created out of that?
1: Yeah. So I'll start with some headline um, ones. I mean, I think just in terms of like overall impact, I mean, the most, you know, the, the big two in terms of like, you know, for the residents were, um, you know, at, at, you know, we, we eliminated or closed out um, roughly 15,000 overdue um, cleaning work orders, um, uh, which, you know, in, 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 in you know, with, with a, a major push and a major um, acceleration of work and effort, um, particularly at the start of 20, of, of 2020. So that was a big one. I mean, the city became measurably cleaner. Um, the other thing I would say just in terms of like, to me, sort of outcomes for residents were improved equity of cleanliness in the city when we started this work um, there were uh, uh, there was a lot more overdue work in certain parts of the city than others and so by accelerating and addressing this backlog of work um, as as we as, you know as as this process was able to, to help do um, you know it basically led to a much more um, you know, sort of, uh, uh, equitable outcome in terms of the cleanliness of the city. It wasn't like just, you know, the Southeast or the, the Northeast, you know, was, became cleaner. The whole part, everywhere in the city became much cleaner. And in order to close out all those overdue work orders in some of the city parts of the city that, um, you know, where, where where the service had, had, had been a bit slower, we, you know, you need to actually accelerate and put more resources to the cleaning efforts in those parts of the city. So those would be like really headline things in terms of the impact i should note i mean the 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 most sort of challenging thing to say about this whole process is you know, you'll hear the dates i just mentioned march 2020 was when you know the end of march 2020 was when we sort of achieved that final closing out of all those overdue work orders well you might know might remember that that's right when covid was sort of escalating here in the us and you know truthfully a lot of the progress we made in various ways and again there's other successes and challenges we're about to speak to, um, you know, kind of got rolled back or, or you know, d- during COVID. And indeed, you know, cleaning services were not as effective during COVID for a variety of reasons, including, you know, just, you know, occupational safety of, of the workers who, who do the, uh, you know, the cleaning work. So a lot of the progress we made, while it was really exciting at the time, bumped into the... You know this global pandemic that, of course, we, we you know we had no control over. Um, so those are a few successes. I'd love to talk about challenges as well. But but Sarah, I know you know we you and I have talked a bit about like other, cha- you know, successes and challenges. So I didn't know if you wanted to bring up some that kind of stood out to you.
2: Yeah. So to me, one of one of the highlights has been the the mowing task force, which sounds like a really simple thing. Like, oh, we need help. You know We have more work than the Bureau of Solid Waste can manage with the staff they have, so we need you know, more help and you know, reached out to other agencies. And it was really wonderful to see the Department of General Services, Department of Transportation, and the Department of uh, 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 Rec and Parks, Baltimore City Rec and Parks, um, really put out the call to have their own workers volunteer on Saturdays to help out you know, cleaning up additional, um, you know, service requests and work orders across the city. And, you know, this is something that went on for months. You know, these were very committed people um, that were involved with uh, the Mowing Task Force. And, you know, everyone had a seat at the table and we met every week. And it just, you know, there were definitely some, you know, growing pains and a steep learning curve because this is new work. Or, um, you know DGS, DOT, and Rec and Parks crews who normally didn't do a lot of mowing or cleaning, but everyone was willing to learn, willing to pitch in. Um, and it just set a great model for what we can replicate in the future. Um, and it just kind of opened up some, some pathways that we can that we can lean on again, you know, if there is ever a similar situation. And a second thing that I like to highlight is the uh, public dashboard, the CleanStat dashboard that was uh, largely created by Justin Rose, who was the CleanStat analyst at the time, and pulled together a lot of different data aligned with the discussions and the performance metrics in CleanStat to make it available for the public so that city residents can see how different agencies are performing, whether it's looking at the location data across the city and equity measures, uh, drilling down to, hey, do you want to track the service requests that, you know, you put in? You can go to this dashboard and look and see, you know, what's happened with it, Um, And so I think that that was a really wonderful thing for transparency and accountability that came out of this.
0: Nice. Thank you so much. Um, Another question, uh, going back a little earlier to like talking about COVID in times of a crisis, how do you all... leverage or what lessons did you learn from CleanStat that helped you in dealing with the city's response to the COVID-19 crisis early on in the pandemic? Um, What were some things that you were able to take from that process, development of dashboards, working with different city agencies and staffers to help you in that crisis, being in crisis mode and helping the city and the mayor and, you know, everyone else um, respond to that crisis and helping them in that effort?
1: Um, I'll start with one, and then, Sarah, it'd be great to hear your thoughts. I mean, like, so, yeah, so our, our, you know, our office, the Office of Performance and Innovation suddenly, you know, right around that time, suddenly got, you know, pulled into a lot of different types of work that were not necessarily the same, you know, city stat meetings we were doing before COVID. So, um, I think, you know, I think there were, there were a bunch of different things. Um, uh, you know, we we immediately, during COVID, one of the big things we ended up, needing to do was setting up some systems for tracking key things that the city suddenly needed to get a a handle on in terms of COVID COVID response and COVID-related response uh, things. So, for example, um, we needed a way of tracking uh, employee attendance in, in city government, and we needed a way to quickly get a handle on that so that we knew who was teleworking, who was sick etc. We suddenly needed a way to track in real time the food we were distributing, given food insecurity um, challenges that that were quickly, you know, became one of the the main, you know, or, or one one big challenge related to COVID. So we had to build all these systems. And I would say one thing, particularly from Sarah's work with DPW embedded, you know, in an agency that was, you know, I think, you know, build, building some of their data systems was to, you know, keep it simple um, in terms of the tracking uh, you know, and data collection systems that we set up, um, you know, in in some ways, these are pretty basic tools that don't look a lot different than regular spreadsheets in terms of the actual systems and relied a lot on, um, you know, manual processes from from, you know, actors throughout government. But given, I think that was something that we learned that we, you know, in terms of just how to get something working, given, you know, some of the, you know, challenges within city government. I, I will note before I turn it over to Sarah, you know, the sustainability of those collection process has itself then become a challenge because they're manual, because they're so demanding, both in terms of um, individuals throughout city government, but also within our team. It's, that, that that's kind of proliferated into its own set of new challenges. But at the time that I think was a, you know, reasonable kind of logic in terms of how we approached it. Um, Sarah, you probably have other thoughts as as well.
2: Yeah, one that comes to mind, you know, something that grew out of CleanStat specifically, uh, as we talked about earlier. You know, CleanStat wasn't just measuring you know one agency or one division or office; it was bringing together a lot of different leaders from across many different city agencies and organizations, and so collaboration really became you know, the, the regular mode of operating in CleanStat so that, you know, when COVID-19 happened starting in March and we had to pivot and, you know, our office was charged with really coordinating a lot of information, we already had not only that, you know, collaboration model in place, but a lot of relationships, existing relationships and pathways to information, you know, from having to find really obscure data sources. Um, so a lot of things were already in place that we could leverage from just the way that CleanStat was organized that became very helpful in an emergency situation.
0: So what's next for CleanStat? You all, you you know, we're pivoted, we went from CleanStat to pivoting to focusing on COVID-stat and the city's response to the crisis. So what's next for Cleanstead? Is it do you are you still running Cleanstead? Has it morphed into anything else? There's a new administration, so how have the work you've been you've done and previously how that has carried over um into uh, with this administration, Mayor Scott?
1: Yeah, so we you know we're we you know we're working with the uh, you know the new team in city government to you know kind of roll out the new you know stats that are kind of aligned to the priorities of of mayor scott and this administration um uh so the first thing that that has led or related to in this um you know in this domain uh is something we called recycle stat and this was sort of a um, a a much more sort of narrow and focused um, stat which Sought to use data to make sure that the resumption um, of uh, recycling pickup services, which had been suspended for part of COVID, um, that that process went smoothly. And so we set up a um, a set of you know performance management framework and indicators to make sure that you know the, the Department of Public Works um, you know was you know had the resources and capacity that that it needed to successfully restart. Um, recycling, and also to keep an eye on service delivery related to recycling to make sure all that was um, going uh, smoothly. Um, so, so yeah, that, that's been the sort of uh, related thing to clean stat we've been doing so far. But I can already tell you, uh, we are in discussions with the uh, 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 city leadership about um, resuming a wider city cleanliness stat process. Um, I don't Know precisely how the goals and focus might you know look similar or different from uh, you know the the original clean stat from before Covid. Um, but just to say, uh, it is it is it is coming. We kind of started narrow with this specific question, operational question related to recycling resumption, um but we will be uh, widening back out to some of the wider set of city cleanliness issues that we have been looking at previously.
0: Thank you, and I, and I'll just note because I'm a Baltimore City resident, we're getting free recycling bins <laughs> throughout the city, so I can say, say that as a takeaway. <laughs> so my last question is, what advice would you give to other cities who are interested in replicating the Clean stat model? One
2: thing that I feel like we kind of learned the the hard way was uh, taking time to celebrate the uh, small successes along the way because. As, you know, Dan mentioned, you know, we had the big clean it up campaign driving down to zero backlog by April 1st. And we we're planning on having a celebration for everybody who had been pitching in and the smelling task force. And then, of course, you know, COVID hit and we weren't able. So it just felt, you know, very unresolved and, you know, just didn't get a chance to really show appreciation for everybody's hard work. And so looking back is just, you know, taking the opportunity to, you know, celebrate the, the little wins or, you know, the things that you accomplish along the way, because I think it's easy to kind of, in something like clean set that's so big with, you know, very aggressive goals and lots of people involved, um, you know, to kind of get wrapped up in, you know, all of the details. Um, but in terms of you know, more general advice. Um, you know, one thing that was invaluable was actually having myself as the data fellow aligned with the City stat analyst, Justin Rhodes, who was running CleanStat, and that we could have conversations back and forth about, you know, data integrity and establishing, like, what is that truth set? And when we're, comparing data, you know, which data sources are we using? Are we counting duplicates or not? Just so that the agency and the mayor's office would be on the same page and would be looking at the same numbers and the same data so that we could just jump right ahead to having the more, you know, substantive conversations instead of, you know, still trying to figure out figure out the numbers. But just being aligned around that common issue um, really helped move CleanStat along um, from a data perspective.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much, Dan and Sarah, for joining us to discuss all of the hard work that you and the rest of the team have been doing, especially to help the city move forward in using data and evidence and strategic decision-making that has a direct impact on residents' lives and quality of life in general. Um, now, before I let you go, can you share with our audience where they can learn more about the work you're doing? If you have a website, want to plug any social media that you have so they can follow what you all are doing
1: with the team? Uh, yes, sure. So uh, our our uh, office of performance and uh, innovation website is uh, balt b a l t o p i dot com, um, and that's the same as our Twitter handle, um, which is another good place to kind of follow our uh, our work. And uh, yeah, more more coming uh, soon in terms of you know I think public facing um, uh, dashboards and and ways to track. the the progress of what city government is doing, such as a, um, I think, a really cool tracker that our team has helped build that allows residents to follow progress towards delivery of the mayor's 100-day action plan. So uh, check it out, boltopi.com.
0: All right, thank you so much. I do hope that our conversation today sparked uh, many more in cities across the country on the importance of data-driven decision-making and leveraging the city's performance management system. Um, Not only the the city's performance management system, but utilizing other resources that you have to help improve service delivery, whether it's internal and also um, increasing resident engagement. And to our audience, thank you for listening to this episode of the GovX podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit us at CivicImpact.JHU.